Causing the Effect, a podcast focused on the exploration of your mind, body, and spirit. My man, Robert Contreras, how you feeling, my brother? Man, I'm feeling pretty good, actually. Uh, so we got three weeks left in this uh, diet. Last time we talked, uh, I, was, I think I was like 10 weeks out. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So to give everybody a little bit of an update, if you want more color, uh, the September 1st episode that dropped, episode 224 uh, with Robert was the first one, mental health progression through fitness. Robert's just um bodybuilder, coach, just all around good dude. That's all I really care about, talking to people who are good dudes. And um, so we are three weeks out of this, your first like real deal bodybuilding competition, right? Yeah, so uh, the class that I'm competing in is uh, men's physique, and I'm competing in the, the Whitney Jones um, classic. Uh, so it's a body, local bodybuilding show here in uh, Arizona. It's in Mesa. Uh, but yeah, this... This has been an interesting prep for sure. Uh, it's my very first prep for this show or like for a show. And honestly, it's it's definitely been a wake up call because I've, I've, I've been doing this whole fitness thing for 10 plus years. I started when I was 15 years old. I talked about it in the last episode. But uh, the fact that I started 10 years ago and I t- like 10 years of progression through this this craft of, you know, fitness and health and doing this show really put in perspective how much I don't know about fitness uh, and, and health. And it, it's true across the board for everybody. Everybody's constantly learning. Nobody knows everything. And that's kind of the, the beauty of this entire thing. I think there's something about having the, um, that like beginner's mentality across the board here. Um, that just like, there's just nuances, like not that we're cutting corners, but it's just, it shows you like, this is the true path, the, the hardest path, which, it seems that it it could get really hard three weeks out, and I see you every night. I think Rob's doing what forty five minutes of cardio every night. Uh, I actually bumped it up to an hour of cardio. Oh, you're out of control. Uh, yeah, so I, I ended up. Uh, so I work out basically before work in the morning, and then I go to work, and then uh, after work I would do my cardio. But since I bumped it up to an hour, doing an hour of cardio after work is like dreadful. So uh, I ended up actually you know, splitting my cardio up into two sessions. So I'll do 30 minutes after my workout. Uh, and then when I get off work, I'll go and do my last 30 minutes of cardio, but that's, that's what works the best for me. And that's, that's honestly like what I advocate for a lot of people is not everyone is going to have the same way of training. Um, you know, the best routine that you can do is the one that's going to, that's going to work for you, you know, in the long run. So, you know, doing my workout schedule compared to someone who doesn't have that same schedule, like it's just, it's not going to work out. So you just got to do what works best for you. You know, if you want to do that hour of cardio and that's the only way that you're able to do your cardio, then that's perfectly fine. But me personally, I like to break it up a little bit because that hour on the stairs is absolutely miserable. So how, like, what are you looking for as you progress through this, as you go through progressions, obviously trying to lose body fat trying to look sexy, but like from a, a pound standpoint, from a macro standpoint, like what are you looking at? Cause if I recall you're coaching, you're doing this yourself. 
Yeah. So I'm doing this entire show myself. I would say like 90 to 98% of the competitors out there have hired, you know, IFBB coaches, uh, pros, like all that kind of stuff. And I'm doing this entire show by myself and kind of my whole like reasoning behind this is to show people that it, it sounds kind of, kind of weird and kind of opposite of what I'm trying to do because I am like a coach and I do, you know, coach people and whatnot, but I want to show people that you can do literally anything that you set your mind to and you don't need help from anyone. Like if you wanted to learn a specific skill, like, like working out or you wanted to learn computer programming or, you know, we wanted to work on cars, like you don't need to, to go to school for, you don't need to hire anybody to teach you. Like you, all the information is out there online all you have to do is just put in the work, the time, the effort to, to research it and then apply that to your day-to-day -day life. Now, we'll get a little deep on you philosophically. Why do you think, like, where do you think that comes from of doing everything yourself, that you could do it yourself? Because that, that kind of hits with me a little bit too because that's kind of the path I've decided to take in my life. Yeah, um, so I think, I think personally like, it has a lot to do with like my, my childhood. So like I, I wasn't, Obviously, like a lot of you obviously don't know, but um, I wasn't given a lot when I was a kid. I grew up like pretty poor, you know, essentially homeless a lot of the time. Um, and my parents didn't necessarily have the means to give me every, I wouldn't even say like everything, but like very, very minimal stuff, like just the basics. So being able to lack that, I think I developed a mindset early on, like after high school of me having to do everything on my own. A uh, perfect example is, you know, I was, I told you about my divorce last time. Um, yep. I was, I, I was essentially paying for two apartments. I had to pay for the apartment that my ex-wife was living at. Um, and then I also was paying for my apartment too, because I felt so bad that I, I didn't want to just like leave her because her grandma was in the picture and it was just this whole like complicated mess. So I was paying for two apartments and, you know, my brother came to me and he was like, Hey, like, why don't you just stay here? Like at my place, you can live here rent free, you know, until you get back on your feet, you know, so on and so forth. And I essentially declined that. And everyone's like, why, like, why are you declining that? And it's like, they don't understand like the fact that I don't like taking stuff from people for free because I, I feel like, I feel like everyone has to go through struggle to get better in life. And that goes, that goes with everything in terms of, you know, your job, your family, having to go through these, these struggles is like who makes you as a person. And I feel like if I didn't go through the struggles that I went through when I was a child, you know, or, you know, growing up, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be at the point that I'm at right now and I wouldn't have the same mindset. So I'm honestly like truly appreciative for the childhood that I went through because it made me who I was today. And that's kind of like, the reason why I do everything myself currently and research everything myself and, you know, do everything myself. So, wow. I didn't know any of that, Rob. That's freaking crazy. So basically, but not, not, not homeless, homeless, just like it was, it was really tough. Homeless. Uh, that was actually pretty homeless oh, <laughs> for, for, for uh, a little bit. Uh, my whole, our whole, like our whole family. Yeah, it was, it was, I'm sorry, it bro. Was honestly... and, I'm sorry, man.
Yeah, I mean it's it it is what it is, you know. A lot everyone has their their struggles, everyone has their their sob stories, you know, quote unquote. But um, you know, it it's it's brought me to this point and it's crazy because a lot of people they they have the choice to choose to go down either the path that you know their parents went down or you know just a different path in general and the fact that I was able to choose the path that I knew that I should be down like I'm extremely grateful for that um and you know I'm living proof that no matter how you were brought up you have the ability to like turn your life into something yeah man and and really on your own terms too and it's I'll tell you Rob that like we're in the same kind of wavelength I feel like we're the same style but how you got there was paying your dues like throughout your life I was given I'm I'm on the side of the the spoiled kid right so everything was given to me and let me tell you like we all have to pay the price at some point so you just right. as a kid you were just chipping away paying away getting it like for me I lived the, like I took that path that every kid in Brooklyn will take you get married and I get there and I go oh my god I had like a breakdown and I very destructive. I had, you know, blew all this money gambling. I become like this, this crazy go, go out person. It's like, oh, okay. I have to become a man. And that train, that, that is where I learned. I learned everything you were learning your whole life. And that's what, what, what's hard. Like, like after a divorce, having $600 and then having to learn, I'm like, oh, can I even do this? Because in, in, a in, in my neck of the woods, all the women are trying to do, everybody's trying to do stuff for the men. It's like, you're actually stunt. I know you. They do it out of love, but you're stunting the growth of a man by making us take on less responsibility. Because I, I feel like that's the only way you could really. The only way through your suffering is by taking more responsibility on your back. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, it's it's crazy that you mentioned that because I think it was yesterday I actually posted a video, and the audio was from an interview with Shia LaBeouf, and I think it was. I can't remember his name, but it's the guy that played the Punisher. And the yeah, Marvel John uh, John Berthold, real ones. Yeah, um, so there there was an interview um, with that, and he was essentially saying, you know, as a man, like you you have to die a little, like you have to 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 learn is to kill off what your your pre existing knowledge of something was, so that you know you can you can learn, and that's essentially what learning was. And he was explaining that, and there's a lot of people. Or there's a couple of people that messaged me or left a comment on that video and they were confused. They're like, that's, that's a very confusing video. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. I was like, if you really think about it, like, like being a man, like you have to, you have to, when you learn something, like you literally have to, you have this preconceived idea of how something works. And for you to be able to learn about that and, and be able to fact check yourself, you have to kill off your pre-existing like mentality or or knowledge of that subject so that you can gain that that correct knowledge or that factual knowledge and that's the whole process of learning and I was trying to explain like I used that that video and there's a lot of people who really didn't like they couldn't understand it and I had to explain it so it's it's interesting that you actually bring that up cuz I I 100% believe that you know you have to you have to suffer you know to be able to to grow so yeah and listen, man, women, I think typically it's always the man because uh, us guys are talking about it. But people in general, particularly in this generation, when stuff is given to you so much, it's hard to find the suffering. And it's not that you want to be uncomfortable the whole time. Like I'm sure, you know, most of your day you're doing stuff you feel comfortable. I'm hoping, right? Your job, you're this, you're that, your routine. 
But you have to, I think Jordan Peterson says it the best. It's like it's killing the dead, like burning the dead wood off yourself. But I think the psychological studies, like you should be doing something between like seven to 15% of your day should be like in that uncomfortable zone. That way you get rid of it. Like some people could take on more than that. Like for me, I, I was like trying to do too many things like a podcast comedy. It, it, I was like, Oh, you're just because finding that balance of, of comfortability and comfortability, I think it's such a crucial thing. Cause if you push too, too much to the side of comfortability, you end up sitting on your thing, smoking weed and, and playing video games. But then if you go too much to the other side, you just kind of, you lose confidence. I, I think that's where that flow lies. You know what I mean? I think it's kind of what you're doing. Like, okay, I feel comfortable in bodybuilding, but I, I don't really feel comfortable. I've never done a competition. I'm going to try this because I think that's where you find like you have to be on point. Like you can't fuck this up, which I think right. just brings you that brings the pressure. And with the pressure, you get to create the diamond. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people, they just they they lack and they, they struggle in finding their element. They're, they 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 struggle at finding what they're truly passionate about. And I think every, everyone in life is able is able to do exactly what they want to do, whatever they're passionate about, they're able to do it. They're able to turn what, what their hobby is into a business and scale it up into, you know, an unlimited amount of, of, you know, profit. And I think what a lot of people lack is they're not, they don't truly know what they want to do. And as soon as you find that element, as soon as you find that niche, like, it's, it's game over. Like all you have to do at that point is just, is just fall forward. Everything is about, you know, like I said, I met this, I feel like this whole topic is about, is about struggling, but at the same time, when you're struggling, you have to struggle forward. You have to fall forward. Um, because no one's going to be perfect at anything. I was, I was shit at editing. I was terrible at editing videos. I, I, I can pull up a, a video, uh, from, you know, 2015, and show it and be like, wow, like, what is this atrocity? Um, but I continued to make videos. I continued to edit. I continued to do my research, you know, go on YouTube, look up, you know, tutorials, tips. And, you know, I'm truly passionate about creating videos. I like the creative aspect of it. And I found, I, you know, I found my niche. I found my, my true passion of what I want to do, you know, for the rest of my life. And I'm not just going to stay doing the, you know, Instagram videos, um, you know, I have plans in the future to, you know, increase, you know, like I said, fall forward. Um, but I, I think that a lot of people, they fail at at finding what they're truly passionate about. And I think people just need to do a little bit more searching in regards mm -hmm. to that of what they actually enjoy doing. Yeah. And this is the, the biggest email I get weekly, Rob, is these kids saying, Scott, I, I, I don't know. You know, I have this cool same story. Nine to five. I have this job. And I want to break out of it and I want to do X, whatever. And I, I know we say we don't know what we want to do. I really think deep down, if you sat, if you asked the, the universe, like, what do I want to do? Whatever pops up in your mind. I think most people are fearful of doing that thing. This one kid was talking about pottery. This other guy was talking about being a pro wrestler. It's like, do it. Like, just, just, you know, I think that first step of getting into it, that imposter syndrome, and even me doing comedy, that was a weird, it's a weird thing going from this to, to that but that first step is the hardest it's about push being able to push through the fear almost of like what others think about you can you do it like you have to just say fuck it and just kind of run at it yeah uh 100 so i mean it's a you hit the nail on the head so for perfect example you know instagram i i get a ridiculous amount of of 
haters and trolls and those, those types of comments on my videos all the time. If I were to listen to those people and, and you know, tell me, hey, well, this is cringe or stop doing this or any of that. If I were to listen to those people, it'd be over. You know what I mean? Like you can't you're not doing it for like for for me personally. I don't do it for those trolls. I don't do it for those haters. I do it for the people who actually benefit from it. And it, it's crazy because there is this kind of like mental, you have to have this mental talk with yourself of, okay, you know, you're doing this for the people who benefit from it, not for the, the trolls and stuff like that. But whenever you do get that one troll or one comment, you know, every few days, it, it seems like it kind of outweighs the good in a sense. And you have to have that talk with yourself, like, hey, don't listen to those people because you know, it's, it's, it's just crazy because you have thousands of comments of people saying, Oh, this helped me, this hits or, you know, but it's that one person mm -hmm. where you look at it and you're just like, like, why, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a mental, it's a mental challenge. It's a, you, you can't listen to the haters. You have to ha be able to have that conversation with yourself and tell yourself, you know, I'm, I'm doing this no matter what anybody says or like, you know, you, you just got to do the damn thing. Yeah, it sucks that as humans, we're, we're like wired that way. It's just how it is, people. Like, you're going to always, like, I got so, like, literally, bro, I got 705 star reviews on this thing. That two fuck, two one stars. I'm like, what, why would I do? But it's like, that's how we're, you know, our pre mammalian brain is always going to, you know, trigger the negative because that, those were, that's the lion. That's the, the tiger that was supposed to kill us. So I think yep. understanding that and like, even if you take that, what, what Rob just said, like, you could look at the people that appreciate what you do with the people that I don't like that. I feel like, I get I get these talks about people from people feeling like worthy and, and saying I don't feel loved. And I really I, I always that was something that was hit me because that was something I felt as like a man without confidence, not having a father, all this stuff. And it's like I feel like you could always choose to look at the people that love you because I, I think everybody always has some somebody, whether it be one, two, whatever. And anytime I start feeling, I start looking at the people and I was like, this week I had my cousin's wedding. It was such a beautiful, there's like, there's hundreds of people that just love me. Or you can look at the two people who you don't talk to. Like there's, it's just shifting and you've taken that approach and everything. Like even with Instagram, there's the, 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 even for the people who are just starting 10, 15 people, whatever that may be, you're really affecting them. Like once I started taking that approach in the podcast, like I really started talking and engaging with my audience. That's when everything started shifting. Like, wow. It's not about the thousands of people that aren't listening. It's about the hundreds that are listening. Like once you make that shift and authentically start moving towards that, everything kind of blossoms. So it was it was cool. It was a little shift. yeah. Oh yeah, that's that, it's uh it's cool that you mentioned that because the other day I actually got a DM from someone. I think he was like from India or something like that. But uh, he sent me a, a before and after picture of what he looked like, and he looked incredible. Like he, you know, one one picture he looked just like a normal person, and the next picture he was like he was he looked like he was like in shape. He was doing very well. And he messaged me that picture and he was like, you know, this is because of you, you know, thank you. And that like right there, even that one, if I already get that one message throughout this entire process over the last, you know, few months of doing these, vid these videos, it was worth it. And that that's like hearing those stories and getting those people that message you and say, Hey, like this really helps out or, you know, I'm sure you have, you know, your fair share of people who, who message you telling, telling you, you know, how your podcast helps out because, you know, I 100% believe that it does. It helps out so many people. And, but just knowing that and actually getting validation from those people saying, Hey, this is, this helped out. I'm in a tough pot, like tough spot in my life. Um, it's, 
it is better. It's a better feeling than winning the lottery. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's just, it's there, you get so much self like satisfaction from hearing that from people. And that's, that's the reason why I do it. And you know, that's, I'm sure that's part of the reason why you do what you do as well. So yeah, um, dude, the, that's, those things are, are ripples that, that we're creating. Like, you, you don't realize like what you do. Like I was in the in the gym the other day. And this I always the young guys, Rob. They they just come to me. Like I'm like the I'm the sage. And I just, you know, gave it to this kid, this kid. And it's just like, wow, like look at this little thing going on. Now I walk in, I pick up the famous podcast from my my gym. It's just like <laughs> there's that selfishness to it. But you know what I mean? It's 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 fun when you get to to change because that person, if they take that approach and say, Well, Rob changed me, let, let me see if I could, you know, just imprint my little creative thing onto somebody and then all of a sudden you're doing it you're doing it and you don't even realize the impact you can really have on people particularly when we start teaming up and i know we're gonna get the like i got right after you came on there's so many uh mental health guys that were like wow rob was really i'm like yeah not all these bodybuilders are just dumb juices like they're nice thoughtful conscientious guys so it's uh it's cool man I would like to thank the sponsors of this episode, Magic Mind. As you guys know, uh, we have recently partnered up with Magic Mind, the official um, drink of causing the effect. And um, I think I mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but now you'll be hearing more talk about it. I was having an issue taking in too much caffeine, and I was dealing with those those big crashes. But like most of you, I do like to stay productive and focus. And um, I've been taking Magic Mind for like two months um, in full. And it's kind of just, it's just changed the way I'm, I'm looking at energy levels because I was trying to find a way to keep my energy level steady throughout the day. Coffee cuts it, but then you end up having that, that big crash. So just, I had this little shot. Um, you know, I, I'm consistently creating new content. It's not easy and I'm, you know, splitting up different jobs and, you know, it just takes a lot of focus. So it's, it's hard to balance all of these. And I realized too much energy, you feel amped up and you're kind of bouncing off the walls, but taking this little shot, um, really improved my morning so much. And it's just a different type of focus, I would say. So instead of, um, you know, reaching for that second, third shot of espresso to keep my energy levels high. I take this shot every morning along with um, my pre-workout and my cup of java. And it does it does the the trick. It's really <laughs> the name Magic Mind really is um really does work. It makes me more productive, makes me more focused. I'm able to um, be more creative thanks to these nootropics that they have in there. Uh the the compound that's naturally reduces your body stress levels called L-theanine, um, which just doesn't give you, it keeps you focused, but doesn't give you that that kind of rush of, of energy where you're kind of jumping back and forth. There's ashwagandha in it as well as uh, main mushroom. Um, it's been fantastic. I can't thank them enough. Um, if you guys want 20% off, go to magicmind.co slash CTE. That is magicmind.co slash CTE. Use the uh, the promo code CTE20 to get your 20% off. Um, it'll change your morning ritual. It really will. Um, for people that are just too, too go, 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 and you're looking for that nice in-between where you're not flying throughout the day and you're able to be in the moment. You know, I love doing that. And um, as a part of this month from... October 1st to November 30th, I will be joining them with this 14 Days of Magic content. So if you go, um, I'll be the judge of this contest, actually, and the winner will get uh, one to three free months of Magic Money. It's a subscription worth $300. So if you guys just tag Causing the Effect 
uh, in Instagram as well as hashtag 14 days of magic hashtag. Um, I will be able to see that. So make sure I see it. Then they will see it. Hashtag 14 days of magic. Really what I want to know from you guys is what we're going to do the next two months to improve yourself, um, do good for other people around you, encourage people to, um, to, to be better. Um, I myself have taken on, um, my own little re reprogramming my ritual being up 3am, a lot of yoga, a lot of focus, a lot of gratitude, a lot of perspective changing, and obviously bringing you guys fantastic content. So please join me in that. I will be picking the winner. Um, let me know and we'll take it from there. Yeah. Um, kind of want to like shift gears a little bit. I want to talk about, uh, something real quick. So yeah, man. a, uh, something, so it was funny cause I, I jumped on the scale. I think it was like three days ago and I weighed a hundred, I weighed 160 pounds, um, which is, is pretty light. And I think I started at the beginning of these 14, 15 weeks at like one, 188, 190. Um, so I lost quite a bit of weight, probably like about, about 30 pounds. Um, but it really made me start understanding and realizing, uh, it, it got me, I would say back down. So let me back up a little bit. So in high school, I was kind of known as like the, the skinny kid, super skinny. I played football, but I was 150, 155 pounds and, you know, six foot. So I was, I was skinny. And, you know, whenever people, would, you know, make comments about it or anything like that, I would feel really self-conscious. And like, I just kind of wanted to make it a point that should, like, you don't have to be overweight to, for someone to make a comment about you and it affect you. Like people who are skinny also, you know, feel that effect as well. Um, Cause I definitely felt that effect in high school. Um, but now that I'm kind of getting down to like close to that same weight that I was in high school. Granted, I have a lot more muscle mass and a lot less fat um, than I did in high school, but it, it's crazy because I'm right now I'm struggling with that mental battle of like, wow, like I almost weigh as much as I weighed in high school. And it's kind of getting me to the point where a lot, a lot of friends and family, they make, you know, kind of small comments where they're just like, Oh, you know, you're looking skinny or you're looking, you're looking, you're slimming down and you know, it, it kind of like brings back those, those mm -hmm. feelings and those, those memories of that. And it's, it's honestly, it's not a super great feeling. Um, and I, I obviously like, I know they mean well, and they don't mean any disrespect or anything like that in that sense, but that's something that I've been struggling with. Um, and that, I, that's, it's just, it's something that a lot of bodybuilders and a lot of men's physique competitors and, you know, uh, females as well in the, the bodybuilding world, they all struggle with this once they get down to a very low body fat percentage. I know, um, Chris Bumstead, he's a very famous, you know, bodybuilder. Yeah, um, he was talking about this, this exact same thing. And, you know, I saw it and I was like, oh yeah, you know, I, I could, you know, kind of relate with that. And then once I actually like stepped on that scale and I, I was starting to like look at myself in the mirror instantly, it was like, I felt exactly, you know, what he was feeling. And it's, it's, I mean, I, it's, it's cool because, you know, I get on here and I get on my YouTube and my Instagram and I, I tell people how I'm feeling and stuff like that. And I think hit like seeing his kind of story and how he felt made me feel better because I knew that he was struggling with that ex exact same thing. And that's kind of the entire reason why I have my Instagram, the entire reason I know I touched on this on the last episode, uh, but kind of the whole reason why I started my Instagram is because 
you know, just because I post something that's, that's, that's sad or post something that that's emotional or depressing. Like it's, it doesn't really necessarily mean that I'm going through that at that moment. It just means that I've, I've been through that and I want people to understand and, and know that it's okay to feel those types of things. And it's okay to, you know, to, to struggle and to be at that point in your life because everyone does it no matter how many followers they have on Instagram or how much they show on Instagram that, you know, Hey, I'm living this great life. You know, they never show you the struggles. And that's kind of the whole point of my Instagram is to show people that it's okay. Us, us people who, you know, have a, a high amount of followers or, you know, have our own businesses. Like we all go through those exact same struggles. We're all normal people. So that's kind Yeah, of the dude. whole point of it. No, and I, I felt that like immediately, but before I have a message or we started talking, it's like you're able to be vulnerable in those moments. And I think, yeah, I, I take it as it's not your feel. It's just that you felt that in, in the past as we, we all have. It's just being I think it's something that if people the the fitness industry did a little bit more, I think it would it would be a more some people would be more open to it and like more understanding of like how this is it's like, honestly, this never gone. This never would go through my brain of like, oh. Like you're getting like you're you're doing a physique competition like analytically doesn't make sense. Right. But it's those stories. So there's three different levels of stories. Right, Rob? There's the stories that the culture and society tells us, which those are the highest level. That's more the classic stuff. Then there's the stories that the people closest to us tell us, which is, you know, how you said it because my I lost 20 pounds. Not not because I wanted to, Rob, just because of stress. Right. So I, I'm hearing this from my family. It's like, oh, shit, shut up. But then the stories that you tell yourselves, those are the most powerful because th those have been programmed in you since you were the, the skinny kid at 14, 15. It's not going to be a six month process removing that those thoughts. It's not going to be a year process. It's probably going to take some time to, to really um, remove that. But at the end of the day, it's kind of the same thing with starting to say, like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to this is the goal. You like you have to balance that almost primitive thing of feeling that you conditioned yourself with like this new version of like the divine self almost. That's the way I call it. Like the divine version of Rob, because bro, you look amazing. Like you, and I know and as much, as much people will tell you that it's not, it doesn't really matter. That's why, you know, even when in my gym, I'll train with these bodybuilders and they're never happy with their body. And I'm like, you are just going to keep torturing yourself. Like what, at what point are you going to feel, are you going to feel content? Like what is the point of doing it? It's like Sisyphus ro rolling the hill. I roll the hill up and I roll the hill down. And this is just this game you're playing with yourself. Um, how do you feel physically? Is this how you expected to feel? Because now what have you been cutting for a month? Uh, well, I've been cutting for, so three weeks out, I started at 14 weeks. So it's been a good two months, um, since I actually started, um, I'm very, very deep into this now. Uh, I got, like I said, I got three weeks left. Uh, this is, this is kind of the go time. Um, I think that I, I did start this diet off a little bit, uh, too aggressive. Um, but I, I actually ended up, uh, so I was sitting at about 1,850 calories um, going into this, which was way too low to start off with, which I, I you know, did a lot of research and, you know, found out that, okay, this probably isn't the best idea. That's the whole, whole reason for this process. But I ended up bumping my calories up to 2,000 a day, uh, 200 grams of carbs, 200 grams of protein, and 45 grams of fat. Um, and then I've kind of just been sitting around there um, for the last four to five weeks um, and just doing my cardio every day. Um, the cardio is what I'm counting on to put me in a caloric deficit, which is ultimately the goal. Um, but I'm actually feeling pretty good 
um, for losing, you know, 20 pounds in the last, you know, two months and being in this caloric deficit and doing cardio every day. Uh, I don't always feel motivated and the gym mainly feels like a job as opposed to like a hobby at this moment. Uh, I feel like it's kind of going to go back to normal after this whole prep, but honestly, even like working out with people is, is dissatisfying to me at this moment <laughs> because yeah, man, like I have friends that, that I, you know, would work out with all the time and you know, there, I would just be like, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just gonna work out with myself. Cause like, there's just some times where I just want, I want to get in the gym. I want to get my work done and I just want to like go home. I need to, you know, make my meals, make my food. I, I don't have time to, to kind of bullshit, you know, for, for a little, even for a little bit, because even right now, like I've been, I've been trying to edit this YouTube video, man, for the last two days and there's just not enough time in the day. And so I have to, it's, it's, it's all a balance. And, you know, right now at this moment, I think working out hasn't, it's not really like a hobby for me. It's more just like a, like a, a job. Like I have to get in get my work done and go home. You know what I mean? So um, that's also an interesting aspect that I've haven't really experienced um, too much in the past. So uh, it's definitely something that I'm mm -hmm. working on trying to struggle with. So, well, I would think right at this point and for everybody that you know, not super into the fitness. If you're not listening to the, the Rob's episode before, um, what Rob's basically doing is just, he's just trying to get all the fat off his body, right? So we're at a cal he's at a caloric deficit while doing the hour cardio, which is just, that's crazy amount. So I, I would, I would have said mentally, I would be kind of shot. Like, how is it uh, as far as the, dis I would think it, there's probably two sides. This is like you're 10 weeks in the discipline, but when you see like your favorite food, like what's your favorite? I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to get your brain there. Yeah. I'm saying when you show your favorite food, whatever. I would think though, because you're so in, you really can't even like fuck this up. Like, is, is that pressure? Like, do you feel that at all? Uh, yeah, actually. So it, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me now, especially because there's so, yeah, I, I am like super deep into this prep. Uh, but I think like the defining moment was like, okay, it's go time. I can't like fuck this up. Like was when I bought my MPC card as well as registered for the actual show and seeing that, Hey, like, I'll see you on show day. I was like, Oh shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like I've, I've done diets before and I've done diets to where I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to do this diet and see kind of how this, this works out. And, you know, maybe I'll compete. And it was always that like, uh, no, I'm not going to compete. I'll compete next year type situation. But once you buy your MPC card, once you register for that show, like it's fucking go time. You know what I mean? So like, that was kind of one of the things that kind of kicked me into gear and was like, all right, let's, you know, let's put our head down. Let's get this done. And, you know, we're not going to do any slip up. And actually, so one of my, one of my buddies, he, he's competing in the exact same show. Uh, he was in the military, just like me. Uh, he was actually one of my recruiters in high school, uh, but he competes in bodybuilding as well. And he's doing the exact same show. And I, I talked to him from time to time. He gives me some posing tips and, you know, we talk about how our diets are going, oh man, it sucks, cardio, blah. Um, but basically he told me, yeah, man, I've had, I've had like, you know, four or five, six slip ups where I'll, uh, you know, I tell my trainer, Hey, I, I need to refeed day. I need to go get a burger. And the fact that like, I'm not no way, shape or form like saying that I'm better than him or anything like that. But the fact that I haven't had any slip ups and I stayed as disciplined as I was, um, it, it kind of proved my entire aspect of this entire doing this show by myself, because it shows that you don't, someone can have a trainer, right. And they can go through this bodybuilding process or whatever, and they can 
be given all the tools that they need, their calories, their workouts, all that stuff, the posing. But if they're not following any of it to a T, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to matter as much as someone who's done the research and doing the whole thing themselves. And, you know, being is like as disciplined as, as they are. Cause like, I haven't had any slip ups and I'm extremely proud of that. Like it's, it, you have to have those conversations with yourself and it's, it's just, it's one of those things that, you know, you just have to struggle through. You have to, to get through, you got to put your head down, you got to dig deep and you just got to do the damn thing. Now, as far as this consistency goes, I feel like this is useful for everybody. Like at this point, I feel like you're, it's already a habit, right? We're doing it 10 weeks. It should be, you're not even really thinking about it. What was the hardest part of turning this diet or this regimen into a habit? Was it the first week? Was it the first two weeks? Usually they say it takes about 16, 25 days to something to become a habit, but I'm curious to know what that, what was the the, the, the biggest struggle point? Um, I think, it, I think it took about a month into the diet to, yeah. to get 100% serious about the, the whole thing because, you know, at the beginning it's, it's not super crucial to count every macro that you put in your body, you know, but I think I definitely, I think it definitely took about a month for me to actually get into the cardio habit and like, okay, you know, I'll just eat a little bit less calories and I'll do cardio tomorrow. And, you know, I'd push it off, which I wouldn't really necessarily count that as a slip up. It's more of like a, like a sacrifice, you know, mm -hmm. makeup type situation, which that's fine as well. You know, if you want to eat less calories one day to make up for the cardio that you burn to put yourself in a caloric deficit, that's, that's fine. Um, but about a month in, that's when I had to have my, my you know, that talk to myself. That's actually when I started doing cardio after work, started bringing my clothes, you know, with me to work and then going straight to the gym right after. Cause it was one of those things where it's like, all right, every single night that I'm leaving work, I'm going, I'm taking my ass to the gym. I'm doing my cardio. And I have, you know, when I had that, that, that talk to myself, that conversation with myself, you know, it's, it's been, it's been nonstop. So have you been looking at this? Cause I think what would happen is let's say you put it into a normal person without the, the discipline of a Jedi, like yourself, like, Oh, 14 weeks, I have to eat clean for 14 weeks times seven. That's this many days. Were you breaking it down like by a weekly standpoint or were you doing it by like a day standpoint? Were you doing it by a meal? Cause I feel like when you break stuff down to pieces, it does become easier. Like I just got to get through, I just got to eat right for this day and then take it day uh, by day. How did you break that down? So I typically eat the same foods every day. I, I like to keep things stupid, simple. Um, I pretty much start off with like an egg scramble of like egg beaters with hash browns and like some turkey sausage. Pre, pre workout then, before you eat or before um, you work so, out? I, well, I, so let me back up. So my typical day will go when I wake up, I'll eat my, my one serving of oatmeal as a pre-workout meal and then I'll go work out. And then when I get back from my workout, I'll drink a protein shake to hold me over a little bit. And then I'll make my, my breakfast, uh, which is my breakfast scramble. Uh, and then I'll also make my, my, my two me remaining, remaining meals for the day um, for that, I, that I eat at work. And then after work, so I'll eat my pre-workout meal about an hour or two before I, I leave work. And then, you know, I'll work out. And then after that, I like to save anywhere between like 50 and 100 calories for the end of the day because I create I every time I, I do my cardio, I always create something sweet. So uh, I started doing like either strawberries or raspberries. And I sprinkle a little bit of stevia on there, and that right there is like the perfect post workout snack um, where like it, it satisfies that that sweet craving. Um, but in terms of, it's pretty much I, I live a boring life in terms of food. Uh, there is one time that I went out last weekend 
I did count my macros. I went to, I think it was uh, Texas Roadhouse. Um, I got a 16 ounce sirloin. I had some, some broccoli on the side and some mashed potatoes. It was a thousand calories. It was a, you know, but I planned my meals out to where, okay, I'm not going to eat anything for the first half of the morning. I'll have like a protein shake and maybe one meal before that, but I'm going to save majority of my calories for the day. So I guess to answer your question, I, I look at it as a day. I have a daily caloric amount and I'll kind of base my day, my meals off of like what I'm doing. Like if, if I'm having a busy day, I'll, I'll kind of, you know, move that around a little bit, but yeah, I take it day by day. And honestly, it may sound like a long time, three months of dieting, uh, two and a half months of dieting, but honestly, like doing this thing, it has flew by so quick. So, um, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where, um, you just got to take it day by day. Do you feel like you've become, this is almost like cross trained you to become more disciplined in other areas of your life? Yes. Um, I feel it's, it's given me that mentality of, okay, I have, I look back and I'm like, okay, I have done this. I've got from point A to point B. Granted, I'm not actually at point B yet, but mm-hmm. I'm very, very close to point B. I was like, okay, I'm, I was very disciplined in this. Like, what else can I be disciplined in? What else can I achieve just by, you know, clicking that submit button, getting that show day? What else can I, can I set my, my eyes on and attack that full force? And I've, I have so many ideas. I have so many, th- I'm, my YouTube, I'm trying to bring up um, some business ideas I'm trying to bring up and everything. I, it's just, it's moving at a thousand miles an hour, but it's definitely kind of pointing me in the direction of like, Hey, this, this is easy. This can be done. You just got to put, put your head down. You just got to do the damn thing. And, you know, I mentioned that a lot the, the do the damn thing, because it's, it's like my last life philosophy. You know, you just, you just got to do it. You know, a lot of people up. lack that motivation to, to, to just get up and, and stop being lazy and just do it. I'm with you, man. How much are you, um, how much are, are you sleeping per night? Um, so last night I got about four hours, uh, Jesus Christ. but I average about six, I would say, That's not uh, at the most seven. I, I typically don't sleep more than eight hours. Uh, personally, I think I'm just as tired. So I'd rather have that hour or two, um, you know, to be able to do something productive. Uh, that's kind of my thing is I'm, I'm going to be just as tired if I sleep six hours as if I sleep eight hours. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I'm able to, to wake up, you know, in six hours and, and feel the exact same way, why not make those two extra two hours useful? Because two hours times seven days a week, that's 14 hours. You know what I mean? That's 14 hours of productivity that you can have doing whatever you, you need to, whatever you want, you know, your hobbies, your, you know, whatever you need to get done, all that kind of stuff. But the time, time is money, man. Like, a lot of people don't don't realize when they sleep 10, 12 hours a day or, you know, they just they don't they don't maximize the amount of time that they have in a day. And it, it baffles me that that people are able to sleep for 11, 12 hours a day uh, and and, you know, not feel the sense of being unproductive. Like just I, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, it gets the, the way I, I had to kick it into gear with my little cousins was like, you have to look that you are a depreciating asset. That's the way I, I it does get. Listen, for everybody listening to this, don't get too hung up on this because I did this and you'll just torture yourself. But like if you look at like you make X amount of dollars an hour, like that's how much you could be making if you put that to work, right? If you wasted three hours a day, times you're like, my mind's like $800 an hour or something like that. I'm wasting $3,000 a day if I'm 
not doing something productive. So don't don't get fucking crazy with this doing thing. And we have to break it up. But um, I, I'm with you because that's like I'm not going to be as uh, as valuable as I, I am next year. We're just getting old. Rob. It's just how this how this fucking works. Yeah, um, that's it's definitely a fact. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been an interesting journey. Uh, another quick little update. I, uh, you know, my I feel like my relationship with food doing this entire diet has definitely improved um, in terms of my palate and kind of, I feel like going in because I'm going to compete next year and probably the years, you know, moving forward. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited to get onto this reverse diet and just, just get big, get strong and, you know, try to improve every year. So, so at a high level here, what you're going to do for the next three weeks is keep everything relatively the same. Just really take out carbs. Is that accurate? Maybe bump up protein or what, what, what so, are you I'm going to keep everything generally the same. I, I'll probably do two more small refeed days of carbs. I'm going to keep the protein and fat the exact same, just bump up the carbs slightly for two days um, spread out over the next two weeks. And then once I hit peak week, uh, I'm going to go into a depletion phase, which essentially means that I probably won't consume more than 30 grams of carbs for two to three days. And then once I get done with that depletion phase, um, I will, that'll put me probably at Thursday and then Thursday and Friday are my two high carb days. So I'll be refilling, uh, my muscles, replenishing my glycogen cells so that we get that, uh, about 25% fuller look once I step on stage on that Saturday. So, um, but yeah, I am going to be consuming probably anywhere between 450 to 500 grams of carbs on Friday and moving into Saturday. So it's going to be, I'm, I'm excited for that. Cause that, that ain't, that ain't a healthy food that I'll be consuming. It's going to be like simple carbs, stuff that gets into my system pretty quickly that I can digest. So it's going to be like some candy bars some rice cakes, all that kind of stuff. So nice. I'm very excited for it. Yeah. For people to take anything from this, you can't build muscle and lose fat at the same time. You just, unless you're on some good stuff. Um, so <laughs> for people that message me about this, very simple to do, take Rob, what, what, um, what tool are you using? What a macro counter or a certain, is there a certain? Oh yeah. So on my phone, there's an app, it's called my plate. It's very similar my to plate. my fitness pal, except it's free. Um, so I'm going to link that. I'll wanna... link that below people take yeah. this as your control. Take whatever you eat. We don't care about that. If you want to gain weight, 500 calorie surplus. If you want to lose weight, 500 calorie deficit. That's the whole trick. Sorry to ruin it for all the fitness enthusiasts out there. Sorry. But um, am I am I accurate, Rob? I know. Sort yeah, one hundred percent accurate. And then in that app, actually, I, I should I should be sponsored by this app. But <laughs> so in that app, it actually tells you like, hey, do you want to lose weight? Okay, how much do you want to lose? One pound per week, two pounds per week, or vice versa. If you want to gain weight, it'll say one pound, and then it'll, it'll actually give you your own macros that that you need for your body type, like your height, your weight. Um, so it's, it's super awesome. I go off of my own little thing. Um, I, I, I just, I input my calories just so I'm able to track it, but yeah, it's a, it's a super helpful tool. I recommend it for everyone. I recommend it to all my clients. I, I that's because I have online clients as well. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, it's, it's a super helpful tool. So Rob, what do you think for, cause I feel like my issue and I'm talking from, I have fart face little cousins here like, Oh, I want to bulk for a month and I want to cut for a month. I'm like, guys, that, I'm not an expert. It just doesn't sound right. What, what do you think is the, the proper amount people should be bulking or putting on weight and then cutting? Is it like, a two, uh, is it two? Is it three? Is it four? Or? So properly, I would say at, at the very least a year uh, for bulking. 
um, if they want to do it proper at the very, very least. Uh, I recommend more, even two, maybe, you know, three years if you want to like be at that very, very, you know, great point in life and, you know, not have to do like a whole bunch more other than just maintaining. Um, but I would say a good year, at least for bulking, which I struggled with this in the past. Um, I would always go, you know, three, four months and I'm like, man, I'm losing my abs. I can't, you know, I'm just going to go on a mini diet, you know, but no, like now I have a different perspective on this. I know I want to do it right. I want to gain some lean muscle. If you want to gain some lean muscle mass, at least a year bulking being a caloric surplus, increase your protein to about one and a half times. Um, Rob, I'm going to lose the abs though. Uh, I'm going to lose a lot of the abs. Just a this is my, bit. I'm not going to lie to you. I go the other way. So I was 280 pounds at one point. So once I start feeling thicker, I go into this, how you were in high school, I go to fat kid Scott mode. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, I just got to not eat. How did you, how would you work through that? Is it just saying, fuck it at this point? Cause I feel like, th I feel like this is the only way to do it. Cause I, I can't get over that. That's the hump more of a personal question. That was for me. Cause it's like, I, I know, I know what we got to do. We just said it. But the second I start losing these abs, man, I'm going to fucking have a freak out. I'm going to freak yeah, out. Yeah, so there, 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 there's also a certain point that you get to where, you know, maybe you're gaining a little bit too much body fat. Maybe you have to up the proteins. Like, you know, maybe you're you're doing a little bit too aggressively. Um, me personally, I don't think I've ever not had abs. I've got up to 196 pounds and I still have had, you know, mm. abs. They, they weren't at, obviously as visible as they are now, but. Um, I would recommend maybe scaling it down just a little bit in terms of caloric surplus, maybe upping the protein a little bit because upping the whole protein. goal is to, is to build muscle. Um, and you can't do that without, you know, having a sufficient amount of protein and being a caloric surplus. So obviously the more calories you have, the more protein you have, the, the better it's going to be for recovery and building that muscle. But, you know, there is a point where you, okay, you can't consume 10,000 calories a day going out of this diet and expect to not, you know, gain 20% body fat. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you just kind of have to find that, that, that happy medium. And yeah, you are going to get to a point where you're going to start to lose your abs a little bit, but you have to just trust the process, understand that, okay, there is muscle that's growing under this fat. And, you know, maybe I'm not going to post that, that ab picture, you know, in the <laughs> bathroom you know, while being at this high body fat percentage, but in a year, watch, you know what I mean? Like it's about that delayed gratification, that. delayed gratification, exactly. just seeing it. Yeah. I think for me, it's always like a fear of like, you're never going to lose the weight. It's like, bro, you always lose the weight. It's just, it's just yeah. part of the thing. So it is a confidence thing. That's cool, man. All right, dude. Uh, Rob, I wish you the absolute best of luck. Um, if you're up to it and you want to come on like a couple days before and please come join us. Cause I just want to see how miserable you are honestly. <laughs> but bro, it's up to you. Come on after whatever works. Um, everybody check out Rob, all the info below and just follow his journey. Cause it's been a pleasure and his stuff is just really authentic and really just, um, I, I feel it every time. So thanks, man. I appreciate you having me, man. Of course, brother. Uh, that's it people. As always stay safe, stay positive, stay blessed. We'll talk to you later.